0: Something Wicked This Way Comes, the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show for November 11th, 2020. On this paranormal metaphysical connection edition of the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show, Jason Cousineau and I, Eric King Fisk, start the show by reading a post we found on the paranormal group Paranormal Hauntings on Facebook, which echoes something we've been feeling for a while. There is something on the horizon that's coming our way in the near future, and it seems to have everybody on edge. And no, it has nothing to do with politics. We also revisit our encounters with unexplained phenomena such as shadow people and dark apparitions. We finish the show by revisiting the Mothman prophecies, then discuss the Bray Road Beast documentary from Small Town Monsters. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is brought to you by our patrons. Patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the show, show notes, behind-the-scenes action, and more. Coming soon, patrons will also be eligible for exclusive products and promotional materials. You can also support the Fedora Chronicles radio show and show off your amazing taste and style with new products from Zazzle. Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% 12.5% of each purchase goes directly into keeping this podcast on the air. The Fedora Chronicles radio show can be heard on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, Player FM, Castro, and Breaker. If our podcast isn't on your favorite platform, let us know. Right away, and we will pass along a special gift to you as a thank you. Our email address is Pedora Chronicle at gmail.com, or you can reach us on Twitter at Pedora Chronicle. Once again, here's Jason Cousinot and me, Eric Fisk from the Pedora Chronicles. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So before I get started, Jay, um, I want to just get this out of the way. We're not going to talk about the election. No, no. We're not talking about not talking about the election. That's it. This is your right. you, this is your That's, this is your break, listeners.
1: Exactly, and it's mostly because we need a break.
0: We need a break. So you need a break. We, need, we all need a break.
1: Wouldn't you like to take a break to
0: I could you I could really go for a Dr Pepper right now.
1: Oh geez, so could I. <laughs> a nice Dr Pepper and rum. Oh yeah. I, I know it's only seven o'clock in the morning. Why don't you judge me? I'm not judging Have you. you. Been watching the news.
0: <laughs> I, I I'm not judging you. If you want a Dr Pepper and rum right now, go ahead. But if 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 you are if you are, if you are be sure you enjoy it in one of your brand new Zazzle tumblers. That will be on the market later today.
1: Oh, that is fantastic. I need tumblers.
0: You sure do. You sure do. So we're dedicating this episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show to two people. Two people. First of all, Michael Reed, who has been a member of our Fedora Chronicles forum on Facebook since November 5th, 2015. And he had made some... You know, he he talked about the the special episode that we did earlier this weekend, and he made right. some he made some comments that I I appreciate, and that oh my God, he actually heard the episode, <laughs> um, right, right down to the part about how I was yanking one of the pollsters chains, about being a a, a lesbian Eskimo with a doctorate degree in sixteenth century literature. So he, um, this episode is is dedicated to um, our listener Michael Reed, and thank you for all of your great comments. Thank you for being such a, such a great listener, and we're because of Michael, we're going to step up our game a little more. Because the thing is, is that knowing somebody is listening to the podcast uh, makes us want to work harder. Because if we're just doing it for ourselves, um. And we're just having fun thinking that nobody's listening. We we could just make fart noises for an hour and think that that was funny and be done. But because there are actual real people listening, um, we got to do a better job. And this uh, episode is also dedicated to this young lady, Dana Luke, who had posted this on the group on Facebook, Paranormal Hauntings. And wanted to start off the, uh, the episode reading this and, and going from there. And of course, somebody had to make a dramatic exit. Because um, he's like, oh, oh you're going you're gonna to talk about paranormal hauntings, but you're not going to talk about non-paranormal hauntings? Okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and he asked to do schoolwork. Has anyone else just had this nagging sense that something bad is going to happen lately. I've just had this feeling in the pit of my stomach, like something is telling me to prepare myself for something bad. I'm not sure if it's something personal in my life or it's something bigger than that. I kind of just want to see if anyone else has been experiencing this feeling. It seems to be getting stronger by the end, by the day. And I'm actually kind of scared. Anyone else feeling this way? Or am I starting to lose my mind? Signed anxious no dana luke you are not crazy you are not losing your mind i have felt this way for quite a long time and i don't
1: even talked about it we've talked about it on the podcast yeah both both of us have been like do you feel like you're waiting for the other foot to drop right so yeah no definitely not just you
0: it's not just you and the thing is there does seem to be this sense of impending doom and I don't think it has just to do with the United States. Oh, no. Um, it seems to me to be a global phenomenal phenomenon. And let's not forget, a, about a week or so ago, Neil deGrasse Tyson had said there's a very strong possibility of a small asteroid or comet striking the planet Earth the day before Election Day. And I'm a little disappointed that it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Might might have saved us all a little, a few more gray hairs.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. The election is canceled due to the fact that um, Greenland doesn't exist anymore, and um, <laughs> the Yellowstone Caldera just blew up. Right. Um. So what uh. do you, now? We have the election. We have COVID. We have the riots. We have many more people um, claiming that they're seeing supernatural phenomenon whether or not it's bigfoot or um other strange monsters a lot of people are claiming to see more ufo's ufo activity is just going through the roof um there does seem to be some kind of supernatural element going on there does there seems to be this electricity in the air that i can't Describe yes, or negative energy. What's causing it?
1: Oh, geez, what could be causing it? We don't we don't know what's causing it, but there's we forget sometimes that they've scientifically proven that every human brain on Earth, including some higher functioning animal brains, actually exude. I think they call them alpha waves. They actually broadcast waves of energy. So it could be just the generalized anxiety that all of society is feeling that could be giving us that sense of impending doom. It could be a combination of things such as the the general feeling that people have regarding the state of politics in America. Um, we've talked about ad infinitum ad nauseum, uh, the divisiveness in increasing intolerance within american politics in an era where we're trying to get people to be tolerant of everything we want them to be intolerant of everything except the opposing viewpoint it seems Mm -hmm. so it could be that it could be could be that the the magnetic poles on the earth are getting ready to shift you know i mean last science i looked up on that said that Generally speaking, these poles shift about every 250,000 years or so. And ours currently haven't shifted in over 300,000. So we're kind of overdue for that. Yeah, That could be it. Um, It could be that the portal that is known as Skinwalker Ranch has been being opened. I know my daughter is a practicing witch and she said that there was a coven that actually tried casting a curse on the moon itself
0: oh geez
1: seems to me that's probably not a good idea but people are stupid so you know it could be a lot of things man it could be a combination of all of the above
0: no offense but why would you want to curse the moon
1: i don't know i asked her that same question and she just looked at me and said "Dad, people are idiots yeah So, I mean, it's a refrain she's heard her entire life, so her using it on me was a little bit of comeuppance there. But anyway, (laughs) yeah, just as, I mean, I don't know how much people know about witchcraft, but the energies that people try to harness when casting spells are normally drawn from powerful forces of nature, wind, the sea, um, the Earth itself, the Moon, the Sun—these are supposedly very powerful sources of energy. So laying a hex on one or more of them just doesn't seem like a good idea.
0: Yes, it yeah, do, it do, it it absolutely does seem like there is something going on. And my other son, Kylo, A.K.A. Coppertop, A.K.A. Alan, had said that. There's this sort of like this sense as if Halloween did not end on October 31st. It sort of feels as if he's not sure if the Halloween season begins at Halloween or a week or two before Halloween or, or the Halloween crests at October 31st and it's like everything sort of peter's out as you head out towards like the christmas season or is this, is it sort of like halloween is kind of like the season halloween and the the feelings associated with halloween is sort of like stuck it's sort of like the calendar page won't flip um because of there are some supernatural elements going on he made that observation and i thought that was really sort of interesting And it was just like there was this kind of like. um
1: Well, that's almost like that joke on the Internet of, you know, did we really want to turn the clocks back to get another hour of 2020 or that other joke where people are like, you know, I'm expecting New Year's to come. And then the clock just goes changes from eleven fifty nine p.m. to twelve zero zero p.m. to twelve zero (laughs) one (laughs) p.m. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, or the clock changes from 11.59 to
0: 11.60.
1: Yes. (laughs) You know, I mean, there's definitely is that sort of sense of unreality. Yeah. Almost like anything can happen because so far this year has been so fucked up anyway. Right. And I get that. I totally, totally get that.
0: It really does seem as if that there is this sort of like this strange sense. There's a strange thing, something going on, and that more people are starting to just embrace the fact that there is there is paranormal. There is something you can't just say, "Oh, that's just like fantasy, fairy tale, make believe stuff." There are more people who are willing to say, "I believe in the paranormal." I believe that there is a realm beyond that, which we see in our daily lives. There's a, there's a lot more going on that meets the eye. Um, Yeah. One of the things that I also wanted to bring up here is that first of all, I, I I reached out to talk to um, Ryan Skinner on Twitter and we reached out to him and we asked him of whether or not we might see him at the Move on convention this coming July. It's still up in the air. Um, but we're making every effort we can to, A, get him on the podcast and talk about what's going on at Skinwalker Ranch. And yes. we definitely want to be able to sit down and meet with him and talk to him at the Move On convention and get his take on what's going on with the convention. I think that Ryan Skinner is probably one of the biggest names in the realm of paranormal that you don't know i don't understand why he's not um he's not more popular or his name is not more of a household word as it were um and he i think that he wrote the best book on skinwalker ranch and Walt Schnabel and I talked about his book in, in a previous episode. We really got to try and get him on. We got to try harder to get him on the show. Um, and on, I think I think it's Ryan Skinner's group. It's it's just the Skinwalker Ranch. And there are about 17,000 of us who belong to this group. Um, Robert, I believe it's Robert Goerman. Robert Goerman. I'm actually sending you the link to his book right now, and
1: you mean Gorman G O E R Gorman? I'm
0: actually sending it to you right now. I'm sending it to you uh, via our Facebook chat. Okay. The name of his book is "It's Not Sleep Paralysis: The Global Nightmare of Non-Human Intruders."
1: Well, damn!
0: It's a it's thirty-one pages. And he's another person that I would love to be able to get on the podcast. Um, yeah, that's
1: pronounced Gorman.
0: Gorman, okay. Uh, Robert A. Gorman is a native of uh, New Kenningston, Pennsylvania, an investigative scholar and analyst into Unknown and Unexplained. He has been fortunate enough to have his, his writings featured in national magazines and serve as a source material for many books and popular TV shows such as Unsolved Mysteries, The Unexplains, history's mysteries animal x monster quest and dark matters twisted but true his non-human research agency examines encounters with mysterious strangers and beings this is the guy
1: oh yeah we gotta talk to
0: him absolutely because i did um one of the things that uh, carol and i had experienced and i've i've shared this story before um about two or three years after we moved into this house, I just woke up in the middle of the night. And there was this thing staring at us while standing at the door of the bedroom. And the weird thing about this, and it it didn't, after I did research into this, I guess it's called shadow people or shadow men or whatever. And huh. the thing is is that it was the strangest phenomenon where it was is like it seemed to be repelling light. And it's not as if I saw this thing or this person or this entity because you know how you know how light works whereas as light light bounces off something and it triggers the cones in the back of your your eye um and this was the exact opposite i could see it because whatever light there was in the house at the time around two or three o'clock in the morning light was being this thing was repelling the light as now, it was just the
1: one from the box
0: this is i don't know if it was it was funny how it's funny how yeah, the, but
1: this is the one this is the one that happened when the box was in the house
0: the, though, the right? box was in the house at the time my father had a box that he left with us while he was traveling and it was in this, this orange moving crate and he had said whatever it is you do do not open this box leave this box alone i'm storing it here and i'm trusting you that you will not open the box And the people who have seen what's inside the box, strange things happen to them. Like when my dad had the contents of the box in an old wooden crate. And there was an Episcopalian priest that we had known when we were like really super young. It was before I was five uh, years old. And there was some, my dad showed this Episcopalian priest something in the box. Because my dad had said something to the extent of, not to contradict you, but I think I have a better idea of what's going on in the realm of supernatural than you do. And, um, you know, the pastor said, you know, I mean, pride is one of those things. It's like you want to avoid pride is like one of the seven deadly sins. And my dad had said, well, yeah, we'll take a look at this. And the Episcopalian, I heard knocking. Is everything OK on your end?
1: Yeah, no, everything's fine.
0: OK, so my dad showed this Episcopalian priest. The contents of this box. Or one of the things that was in this box. He committed suicide the next day. And it was like, well, what's in the box? Not to sound like Brad Pitt in the movie 7. What's in the box?
1: Box.
0: What's in the box?
1: They won. He's won. Leave him alone. He's won. (laughs) You know.
0: (laughs) I didn't want to know what was in the box. Now it's a strange coincidence that there was this strange apparition standing. It would not come into the room, and I and I could not move. I was paralyzed, and I was just looking at it. And and the thing is, is that I felt it had this sickly smile to it.
1: It it seemed well, that's not creepy at all. It had this, this dark shadow man that repels light. Is uh smiling at you from the shadows.
0: And Carol woke up, and she just started saying the Lord's Prayer. And she kept saying it over and over and over again, and around maybe the third or fourth time, it just seemed to just evaporate. It just disappeared. And then we turned the lights on. My wife said, what the hell was that? And uh, a short while later, my dad came back, took the box, without telling us that he was coming to take the box freaked out the babysitter that we had at the time that must have been when when my son Alan was maybe two years old and all the strange all the strange shit all the strange paranormal stuff stopped happening immediately after that box disappeared.
1: Yeah, I remember you and I had a number of discussions about this box. It's funny, I was actually asked recently about my religious beliefs. Right. And I i was raised Catholic. I converted to Mormonism in my uh, eh, mid 20s, mid to late 20s. And I've recently fallen away from that particular faith. But I've always mm-hmm. believed that there are things on this earth that science cannot explain. Not that it doesn't explain, it cannot explain. Right. So because of that, one of the things that I believe is that there are spirits in this world. Everything that is physical has a spirit, but there are also spirits in this world that have never been physical. And just to keep things in a more common, form of parlance i'm going to refer to those things as demons right there is a distinct difference between ghosts which used to be typically used to be humans but living things in general there have been reports of people seeing ghosts of dogs and stuff like that right i fully believe that what you probably saw was some form of manifestation of what is commonly referred to as a demon right I have felt the power of demons I have felt I have been in situations where a demon has tried to force me to go away right and at the time this one time that I'm thinking of in particular um there was a ranch that had a lot of dark history to it one of my ex-wives cousins was living on the ranch and They were doing ghost tours of it, and she had found out about some of the stories from my past, and she was like, hey, do you want to try and not really exorcise the demon? Because that's a exorcism is a Catholic ceremony for basically purging an evil presence from a person. And this was an evil presence that was on the land, and by all accounts had been on the land for since they settled it in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. And so we tried, and um, it didn't like it. It wasn't able to get rid of us, to force us to leave, but neither was I able to get rid of it either. Um, I remember feeling, at the end of it, exhausted. I remember feeling drained. Um, My ex-wife had to help me to the car, and it was a fair distance, she had to help me. It wasn't like I recovered before we got there either. Um, So yeah, these, there are entities, spiritual entities that are extremely powerful and extremely malevolent, which is not to say that all spirits are bad either. Yes. There are certainly equally powerful spirits, for lack of a better term, of goodness, of light, that are at work in this world. There is, I am firmly convinced there is, there are things that go on in the spiritual realm that manifest themselves to us in other ways than we typically think of as empirical. So, like the malaise that we've been feeling, I think could definitely have a spiritual component to it. I, I firmly believe that it yes. has a spiritual component to it. Um, I still believe in God. I still believe in Jesus Christ. I just have a problem with some of the organized religions. Yeah. interpretations of them um so a lot of like this sh- the shadow guy that you saw right I believe that was a demon and I believe that demon was concerned with something that was in the box not necessarily tied to it demons tend to not be tied to areas they te- or things yeah they tend to focus on them but not they're not bound to it yeah whereas like a ghost tends to be bound to a time frame, to a, a location, or something like that. So, like, in in different ghosts, there's different kinds of ghosts. Some I think are just the echoes of an area, right? So, like, for example, we went to a cat house in Butte, Montana.
0: Wait, what do you mean a cat that house? Was, what do you mean a cat house?
1: It was, it was a whorehouse. Oh, okay. It was an old whorehouse.
0: I want to make sure that we, yeah.
1: That we're clear, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we went went to our whorehouse. And this whorehouse had been part of Butte since Butte was first set up as a, a pretty dominant mining community. It wasn't there from the very beginning, but pretty close to it. And we were talking to the owner, and the owner was talking about how people see spirits in certain areas and stuff. Now, those things because of the way he described them, seem to be an echo of what those people did on a daily basis. So people who have regular habits, their spirits, or at least an aspect of their spirit, can linger on in that area, doing those things that they did throughout life. That doesn't mean that their spirit is bound there. It means that there's a spiritual echo of them bound there, which is why oftentimes you can't interact with them. No matter what you do, they're going about their business because they don't even see you because it's just an echo, a spiritual echo. But then there are some people whose spirits have refused to move on to whatever it is that that awaits us. And those spirits you can interact with. Those are the spirits where you hear the EVP, where you hear the electronic phenomenon, where you're able to converse with them in some manner. Those are the ones that a lot of people find the scariest because of that ability to interact again the shadow person doesn't sound like one of those does not sound like
0: and here's the other thing is that this was not the first encounter of something dark and demonic when i was living in topeka kansas for about six months after working a night shift um i drove by Fred Phelps's church and out of the corner of my eye I saw this weird thing dancing and when I turned around I saw a glimpse of it it was it was it was sort of like this this, this half man half deer creature with these weird horns and it seemed like its entire body was covered in burns and scabs and the and and it was, and it only lasted for like maybe a millisecond. And, and as soon as I turned around and I saw it, it disappeared. And then I just had this, this, I heard, it's like I felt like I heard this voice. I can't describe it. It was as if I heard a voice from in the back seat of the Chevy Blazer saying, You know, you ought to just go ahead and just kill yourself right now. Just go ahead and just drive as fast as you can into that phone pole and everything will be all right i and i had this overwhelming urge to kill myself until until i got back to the apartment there was something
1: just so that just so that the audience is aware fred phelps was the leader of the westboro Baptist Church.
0: yes he's the guy who coined the phrase god hates fags
1: right so we're talking about a real starling up individual
0: oh absolutely and yeah. and at the time this is probably one of the most real things that I had ever witnessed in my life. There was some there there was something about that. And by and by the way, I you know, I was so broke I couldn't afford to drink. <laughs> I wasn't doing drugs. I was working two jobs so that I could I, I could I could move out of out of Topeka, Kansas. Um it it was terrifying. And Again, I cannot help but wonder if it's because of all the other things that I have experienced. I wonder it's like if I'm more great, more tuned to stuff like that. This is something that it's like I don't tell people in casual conversations. Hey, did I tell you about the time I saw that demon? It's not something that's like you (laughs) want to just. It's it's not a conversation starter. You don't. it's it's one of those things. It's like if you see a UFO, you don't want yes. to tell people because you don't want to lose your job or you don't want to lose your family. Nobody wants to be associated with somebody who says that he's seen UFOs. You just don't want that. And I think that whatever this evil force is, I think that. Um, it's hyperactive right now.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: I, and it's like, I
1: mean, if, if you're religious and you believe the Bible. Um, in the book of Revelations, they talk about a, a war in heaven and that the evil spirits in heaven, the one-third of the host of heaven that rebelled against uh, essentially God and Christ were kicked out. And where did they go? They went here. They went to creation, right? In the Old Testament, in, I, I believe it's Genesis, Could it be, could be Exodus, I believe it's Genesis though, They talk about the Nephilim, which are spirits from heaven that came down to earth and were able to impregnate human women or the the women, the daughters of man, as they say. So, oh yeah, yeah, there's, there's, if you are, if you consider yourself to be a good Christian, you have to believe that there are those forces at work. You have to, because it says it plainly in the bible in multiple places too by the way um christ himself contended with the devil when he was on his exodus of 40 days in the desert i forget i think that was luke I, i forget what book that's in but oh yeah there's 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 more going on here than what people who are followers and adherents of the religion of science are more are not willing to agree with yeah in spite of the fact that we can measure them using scientific equipment you know um, for example on that that ranch I had talked about earlier when we were in certain areas if you appealed to the spirits that were tied to those areas you could watch a thermometer drop 15 degrees yeah and then when you were done talking to them you would watch the thermometer rise back up those 15 degrees we can measure their impact on us evp is another way that that people do that although there's a lot of people that are skeptical of it how are you going to argue with the temperature rising and falling you're going to call it coincidence yeah good luck with that
0: i just don't yeah
1: you know um you can measure um the electromagnet magnetism of the area fluctuates at the exact same time that that temperature is fluctuating. And there are hardcore followers of the religion of science that will say, well, that can happen because of this, that, and the other thing. Okay, but it's happening on command is what it boils down to. And it's, no, it's not 100% reliable. But you know, there are times when you go to hang out with your friends and they're like, hey, you know, I can't make it tonight. So you're talking about a phenomenon that is responding in a very human manner. Yeah. But again, you know, it's just coincidence. It's just a coincidence.
0: And you just can't, you just cannot just write it off as if it's nothing. You can't just write it off as if, oh, it's not it's not a big deal. It's a pretty it... There are a lot of skeptics out there and I understand why the um there are skeptics out there. You don't you don't really want to believe this stuff. You don't want to believe in dark forces and supernatural forces out there because the reality of that and the implications of that is pretty scary. Um, and, it's, and it's hard to sort of like wrap your head around what's really going on. There's a, there's a great movie out there called The Mothman Prophecies. And and it's based on a book. And the movie is a modernized version of, of, of a allegedly true story. Notice how I said allegedly, because I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly yeah. sure if it's if it's true or not um richard gear playing the the role of the author i'm actually calling it up right now what's who who wrote them the, uh, the moth man mothman prophecies do 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 it's a
1: book by john keel
0: yep And John, and John Keel actually wrote many other books on the topic of paranormal encounters. Um, And a lot of his books are actually in my um, Amazon and Audible wish list. Richard Gere, who played John Keel in this movie.
1: um, John Klein
0: in the movie. John, yeah. The, um, there is sort of like you, your psyche starts to break down a little bit when you have too many close encounters with the paranormal kind as it were. And when you start questioning your own sanity and that you're, well,
1: you're it's all about acceptance. But all, yeah, go ahead.
0: And the thing is that it was just like, as the time progresses and in the book, John Keel and his encounters with this entity, I'm not even sure if it really is the Mothman because there's another character involved. Um, he does start to go insane and starts to question his own sanity and his own reality. And he did kind of have to snap out of it in the end. And one of the things that a lot of people that I've spoken to about in dealing with the paranormal is that you start to like question your own sanity like, did I really see what I say that I saw? Did I really see what I think I saw? Do did I? Um, am I imagining things? Am I going crazy? Am I nuts? And it gets to a point where a lot of people like, be careful what you wish for. A lot of people who say that these they saw these things, they wish they never saw it because it is life changing and life altering, and not in a good way. Yeah.
1: Just to show, and again, yeah. Go ahead. J- To to my way of thinking anyway, um, it's life-changing, but it doesn't have to be detrimental. It all depends on your level of acceptance, right? I mean, I I hate to quote a movie like Beetlejuice in a time like this during one of these discussions, but it's very, very true. People refuse to see things that are strange and unusual, so when they're confronted with it face-to-face, they try and rationalize it. Their mind tries to find that scientific explanation for it for to, that matches their understanding of how the world works. You know, and, and people like you and I, who have had enough, where we're like, okay, the evidence on the other side is as compelling as the evidence on the rational scientific side. So therefore, the rational scientific side cannot be Cannot fully explain everything, and therefore we become more accepting of these things, and are better able to deal with them. It's it's like an EMT or a doctor or a cop who has been to so many grisly car accidents that the next one they see doesn't really affect them all that much right. because it's become commonplace. So
0: another thing that i wanted to talk about since we're already in well into the realm of the paranormal here is that um there's like a a renaissance of really good paranormal documentaries out there because of the technology that exists today with a lot of off-the-shelf software and hardware and cameras and audio equipment anybody who has the passion to do so can make a really good movie with a reasonable budget. If you have a couple of thousand dollars, you could make a good documentary. And if you meet up with enough right, talented people, you can create your own studio and make really good documentaries. And there's this one documentary that we had watched over the past couple of weeks, the beast of Bray Road. And I'm just going to read this from Wikipedia. Um, The Beast of Bray Road is a creature reported in 1936 and the 1990s on a rural road outside of Elkhorn, Wisconsin, United States. The same label has been applied to other sightings from southern Wisconsin and northern Illinois. Bray Road is a quiet rural town near the community of Elkhorn, The rash of claimed sightings in the late 1980s and early 1990s prompted a local newspaper, the Walworth County Week, to assign reporter Linda Godfrey to cover the story. Godfrey was initially skeptical, but later became convinced of the sincerity of the witnesses. Her series of articles later became a book, The Beast of Bray Road, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf. And um, again, it's sort of like, gets back to the whole notion of the people who have witnessed this thing wish they never saw it they said i wish i knew i wish i never saw it and when i saw it i wish i never said anything it's brought me nothing but misery and it was one of the speculations is and i'm of two minds of this this quote werewolf has always been in folklore for as long as recorded human history that i can tell There has, there's always been some kind of werewolf. There's, there's some kind of stories about werewolves and vampires.
1: Well, not just werewolves, but were creatures. So creatures that are, that have either a humanoid shape to them or can take on a human form. Right. Like now the psychology will tell you that it's, it's a cultural thing that, you know, Ancient mankind came up with these stories to explain certain things that they lacked the intellectual understanding to comprehend. That's the rationalization for it. However, psychology in particular, actually, will also acknowledge that there is such a thing as Wendigo Syndrome, which occurs only in Native Americans, typically of of the farther northern reaches, wherein they engage in cannibalism and i mean we can get into the mythological aspects of the legends of the Windigo, but the truth is every culture on earth has some sort of vampiric vampiric legend or vampiric sightings that sort of thing or they have some form of shapeshifter, like the ancient Hawaiians, for example, and the ancient Polynesians have legends of shapeshifting sharks, wear sharks, if you will. Right. So that is cool as hell. I hadn't heard of that. And I've been through Elkhorn, Wisconsin.
0: It's, it's like one of those things where it was just like, um, if money was no object, <laughs> we definitely...
1: I think it would be if we had if we had the funding... I think it would be fantastic for you and I to just design a road trip. Oh, yeah. Either I fly out to your place, you fly out to my place, and we just drive across the country and we just hit these these hot spots. Like we go to um, uh, the Pennsylvania. Is it the Jersey? Is it New Jersey? Or No, it's Pennsylvania that is famous for the Mothman. Yeah. Right? We go there. We go to... Um well we probably it would make more sense if we flew out to your area and we started in Salem, Massachusetts. And we just went on a paranormal trek. Yeah. Across the lower forty eight. You know, we stop at every haunted hotel. I stop <laughs> you know what I mean? This would be like a four year road trip. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> there's so many of these. But that would be that would be just Fantastic. And, you know, we ideally would report on it every night or, you know, as we're going through it, record what we're seeing, what we're feeling, all of that. I mean, that would be that would be awesome. It would. That would be awesome. So you listeners.
0: yeah, you want
1: to hear such a show, we need a lot of funding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because that's the thing that drives me crazy is that you hear of these people who win the lottery and it was yeah. just like, that's it. They quit work. They stop working. They buy a boat. They get a vacation house somewhere in the Caribbean or something like that. Or they just blow it on just ridiculous stuff. Like all the Star Wars toys that you your your parents would never let you have while growing up. You spend all your lottery winnings on that.
1: Right. When and it, you end up needing to have a full-time job. <laughs>
0: Uh, I know that if I ever won the lottery, I already know what we would be doing. And when I say we, I don't mean me and Carol. I don't mean me and the boys and Carol. I mean you and me. I mean you. Oh, yeah. You and me and, you know, uh, hook up with Doug and, uh, you know, drive, oh, yeah. drive across the country and do these paranormal investigations. I would like to have somebody... Somebody like Doug, who would be a great um, skeptic, because he doesn't believe right. in all of this paranormal stuff.
1: Um, yeah, Doug is definitely the more scientific-minded end, so he would be more willing to believe in UFOs yeah. and less willing to believe in, like, the the Beast of Bray Road. Right. You know, and I think, actually, the three of us would be great because of that. You, you're kind of all over the map right. with your paranormal experiences mine tend to have been more spiritual and haunting related and doug is definitely much more willing to believe uh ufos i don't know that he's actually seen one i haven't had that conversation with him i don't believe he has he's definitely more willing to accept that yeah so that would be that would be fun Uh, But
0: getting back to the question that I wanted to hear, why do you think that there is I don't want to say that there's a rash of sightings. I don't know how to describe it. There just seems to be a more sightings now more than ever. If you throw away the obvious fakes. Right. You can definitely throw that out. It's more socially acceptable to say that you believe in unexplained phenomenon and the paranormal. It's it's almost as if that's been normalized. What do you and and there's and there's more there's well, more I mean there, there's there's more like, sightings of these cryptozoological creatures or cryptids I think you call them. What yeah. and it and it also it gets back to how we started the show with um, Dana Luke's question about this nagging feeling of something bad happening and that she posted in the paranormal hauntings. What is going on?
1: I think we're seeing a number of things happening here. One of them is there was a prevalence of shows like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International and things like that. There was a lot of shows like that in the early aughts in the early teens and therefore the awareness the social consciousness is definitely more aware of that and to answer things from a more spiritual standpoint whenever you focus on spiritual things you tend to draw spiritual things to you to quote the great master Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> Your focus determines your reality, and it's a hokey saying, but it is absolutely true. The more you are looking for something, the more of it you're going to find. Which is why, you know, people who look for racism see it everywhere, because as you're focusing on that sort of thing, your definition of what encompasses that tends to broaden. Right? Which is why you end up with people who are true believers and you have people that are skeptics because the skeptics don't want to focus on it. They don't, you know, they're willing to be dragged along, but they don't want to focus on it. Whereas the people who want to focus on it are going to be more willing, more broad in their definition of what meets the standards for a spiritual experience. I'd like to think that, at least where I'm at right now, my definition is not overly broad. I'd like to think that I don't know, right? I could see something and apply a a spiritual aspect to it that you wouldn't, but I don't. I don't think I'm quite that far into the loony bin. Um, so that's part of it. The other part of it is these spirits have a will. These spirits have a an awareness. So if you're focusing on it, if they become aware that you're focusing on it then they could be drawn to you as well yeah so for example there was a there was a dark spirit that was in an apartment and my ex-wife when she ran the animal rescue she'd run across all kinds of people and as she has no filter um she would talk about anything with them and this family had adopted a dog from her and they brought the dog back saying we can't keep her and what it was is the dog was going nuts in their apartment because of this dark entity so we went to take a look and find out what was going on and this was definitely a, a post-mortal spirit it was someone that had lived there that was just a vile human being uh, I didn't get like mass murderer vibes from it there's a certain type of darkness that goes along with people who engage in death regularly. And that sense was not there, but it was definitely, there were parts of the apartment that you could walk in and you and I both worked in restaurants. It was like walking into a walk-in freezer. Yeah, It was such a drastic temperature change, 20, 30 degree temperature change between one room and the next with the door open between the two rooms. And we were able to purge the spirit from there but i could tell it was going to come back we got rid of it temporarily it was going to come back and i told them that and i'm like i recommend you get a different apartment because this thing's not leaving here yeah it was definitely tied to that locality though and when you engage in these investigations if you start fucking with these spiritual entities there is always a danger that those spiritual entities are going to follow you. As I said, some things are not tied to a location. Some things are more free, free ranging than that. Luckily for us, demons seem to like focusing on certain either objects or localities because the demons are the more dangerous ones. So when I confronted that demon on the ranch, we had a stalemate. It didn't follow me anywhere. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going back to that damn ranch again.
0: No. Because
1: if I go back, it is definitely going to try and do something to me. Um, So I think that increased awareness by the general populace, the social consciousness, is definitely drawing more of those types of entities and making them feel empowered. So... I think there is definitely a part of that to it. There's a lot of a lot of people who start playing with things like Ouija boards. And Ouija boards are extremely dangerous things. You can play them harmlessly as a game and have nothing happen. Yeah. You can also get in contact with an entity who is beyond your comprehension, who can seriously fuck with your life. There have been the Catholic Church doesn't like talking about these numbers, but there have been a number of exorcisms that were performed in the late nineties because of a series of movies that were centered around Ouija boards and people started playing with them. Right. I think, I think um, Parker brothers even came out with a Ouija board board game, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of them, <laughs> And people were playing this and they would get in contact with these entities who wouldn't necessarily possess them because Possession is problematic. Yeah, but so Catholic priests would get called in to perform exorcisms on these people. Now, the Catholic Church does thousands of exorcisms every year. Not all of them involve demonic entities. Not all of them involve. Not all of them are actual cases of possessions. Yeah. Sometimes it's epilepsy. Sometimes it's some medical or psychological thing that's happening to the person and the family interprets it as being a demonic thing. Most of the cases fall under those categories, but there are some where there are actual cases of possessions. Now a disembodied post-mortal spirit can possess a body if the person who's in that body has a weak will. Willpower is a very powerful thing in, when dealing with spirits. Belief, faith, those are things that boost willpower. The truth of it is that it more is willpower than it is faith. Yeah. Because faith boosts willpower. So if you believe in something strongly enough, then you're going to feel a boost of your own willpower when dealing with other things that are contrary to that. But it boils down to willpower, especially when it comes to possession. If that entity has stronger will, a stronger desire to inhabit your body, than you have at preventing it, it's going to take over your body. Yeah, And people fuck with shit they don't know. They don't understand. Getting involved, like people who say, hey, let's do this paranormal investigation. It's dangerous.
0: It, it sure is. I mean, we had covered this before in a previous podcast where I was with a group one night and I played the role of the canary. And the canary is somebody who you take to... um a location and the canary knows nothing about this location they know nothing about the history and you might take them to some place that has no paranormal or supernatural um associations with them whatsoever they have they have no paranormal history at all and they say, hey do you feel anything and if they say no i don't feel anything and then you take them to a location Uh, that does have some paranormal history to it and i said do you feel anything yeah i I do feel some weird tingling or i feel cold or whatever for this group here in the cheshire area for a couple of nights i played the role of the canary and i had set up my camera and in the cemetery this old revolutionary era um cemetery where there had been a lot of activity and weird shit happened that defies explanation like for example i had my 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 canon rebel camera on the mount and i cinched it up really tight so it would not move because it's if you don't tighten it enough the camera itself will like dip down and i walked away and i was like with a mobile recorder and i was just just trying to just get a, a lay of the land as it were and when i came back and keeping in mind that my camera was in my sight the entire time. I, there was never a moment where I could not see my camera. When I went back to it, it had turned 45 degrees. Wow. And it was just like, how did that? And I asked. Now, how did, much of a time
1: frame? What time frame are we talking about? Yet? Like just a minute or we're, two? We're
0: talking about five minutes. Okay. I was able to walk to one end to the other in less than five minutes, but the camera was always in view. Because the thing is, is that I kept turning around and there was nobody else in the group that was n- nearby that was close to it. Nobody could have run over to it, turned it, and then ran away from it. And why would anybody do that? Why would anybody fuck with me like that? Right. And same group of people, we went to this alleged haunted house and there was this one room where no electronic device devices would work um we got a brand new light bulb we put it into the lamp and within two or three seconds the light popped and it was like the light bulb made this pop it just went you know that's the sound that a light bulb makes when it when when it blows blows out yeah so we we put um we brought in another lamp and we plugged in a brand new light bulb and it popped and i was like okay and we had a four pack of of light bulbs with us so we plugged in anu- uh, this one of the lamps in another part of the room plugged it in and nothing had it was just the just the light just stayed on nothing happened so there's nothing wrong with the lamp Then we took another lamp with an extension cord, plugged it in, hung out for a couple of minutes. Nothing happened. The light was fine. So it says, okay, so maybe, maybe it's, it's um, one of the outlets walked into the room with the lamp as it was still plugged in to an outlet outside that room. And within a couple of minutes, the light popped
1: so it was a different outlet so what you're doing is isolating the circuit right we isolated so it's not some sort of you know electrical thing
0: um i brought my camera in to see if whether or not i could take a picture with in the room with my cell phone my cell phone shut down walked out of the room turned it back on no problem whatsoever walked back in my cell phone turned off i thought this is really weird took my camera in the camera wouldn't do anything my camera just stopped working you could push all the buttons you want nothing happened you could take pictures of the room from outside the room where you couldn't be in the room and take photographs and everybody had similar problems so we spoke to the owner and we said have you ever had an electrician um look at the outlets this is we had an electrician and they they checked everything they checked the circuit they checked the the circuit breaker board the circuit breaker itself within the circuit breaker board they tried everything and for whatever reason nothing nothing works in that room they put they put wind up clocks in there nothing worked like the clock would just stop and I says. Is there anything weird going on? Like, did you store any magnets in there? Is there any anything weird going on? It says, "Well, the only thing I have in there is just this this old Ouija board that didn't have the puck at a yard sale about eight years ago." Yeah. Really? I think you should get rid of the Ouija board. It says, "No, I don't want to get rid of the Ouija board. This is fun." And I'm kind of like, "Oh, I'm okay. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done." Good night I packed up all of my gear um, and then a couple of months later because the thing is is like I had the, the the Pv4 board this this smaller version of this and about two weeks later the power supply just died because what I had done is that I plugged in the PV board and I had all of these um, microphone, cables and microphones in all of these other rooms and uh trying to see if i can get some audio artifacts in there and the power supply i know the power supply was never in that room and i bought a i I bought a brand new power supply and walt and i had just finished recording i says i think i'm going to plug in this power supply and it turned out the power supply had the wrong amperage or the wrong voltage it was it was the wrong power supply And and it fried the pv board Coincidence?
1: Well, I mean, it sure could be, but the, the, the thing people need to remember when dealing with spirits and electrical equipment is electric equipments have electromagnetic fields. And as I mentioned earlier, you can measure or spirits have an impact on electromagnetic fields and you can measure it when they're in the area and they're being active. So. I mean, there's a lot of different theories about why they affect it, but the truth of the matter is that's one of the ways that paranormal investigators use when they're doing an investigation. They use thermometers, they use voice recorders for getting collecting EVP, they use electromagnetic uh, or magnet magnetometers to measure the electromagn- power of the electromagnetic fields. Anything that has sufficient power is going to <clears throat> is going to be affecting the electromagnetic spectrum. So like when you're describing the bulbs bursting and things like that, a fluctuation in power like high to low quickly can break an incandescent bulb. Yes. We know this. We all anyone who grew up in an area with a sketchy electrical grid, you know, especially if you lived in a rural area, you know this. If you've got a fuse in there that wasn't quite working just right in the fuse box, the bulbs would burn out in that room all the time, you know? But it's fascinating to me, the idiot who had that Ouija board. Yeah. No, this is fun. Okay, something of sufficient power to fuck with the electrical systems in your room and anything electronic that goes in and out of that room, you think is fun. Yeah. Okie doke. you know that's 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 horrifying to me you know it
0: it really is
1: really kind of blow off the the paranormal when they experience it i don't get i really don't get it if if you don't understand what's going on why are you fucking with it
0: you really shouldn't don't
1: poke a bear (laughs) right you don't poke a bear you don't go up and say oh look it's a cute little bear cub. I'm going to pick it up because it's cute and cuddly. Right. Yeah. Until mama bear shows up. So I I don't, I've, I've been on paranormal investigations, but nothing like what, what you did. Paranormal investigations I've been on have usually been more t- nature. I've had a number of paranormal experiences, mostly spiritual, just because of things that have happened, people that have, you know I've crossed paths with in life, and it's interesting to me when you see someone who is not really open to a spiritual explanation for something but they don't understand what's going on and then you offer them the explanation of what you think might be happening, and sometimes you'll see them roll their eyes yeah, it's nothing like that okay if it's nothing like that, then you need to explain to me why you can't explain it well I'm not a physicist okay that's nice i'm not a physicist either but i've seen shit like this before and this is what it was you know looking for a scientific explanation for things is a very important part of paranormal investigations most of the paranormal investigations that i've seen like television shows ghost hunters and things like that they do a lot of stupid things right you know you don't provoke an entity you can try and get it to provide evidence of its existence. But some of these people are like, literally challenging it and calling it out and are like, I don't think you exist. I don't think you could hurt me right now, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, yep. might want to dial that back a little bit.
0: You might want to shut the hell up. <laughs> exactly. You, you might want to stop doing that because exactly. they, they, they are unforgiving They're, and they are relentless until they move on to somebody or something else. Um, Right.
1: And especially when it comes to things like what I've been calling demons, demonic entities, if they can somehow kill you, now your spirit is going to be released from your body. So you were outside of their realm when you were fucking with them. Right. Now all of a sudden you're in their realm, in their home. Yeah. No, not, that's good. not good. That's like Jeffrey Dahmer inviting you over for dinner. Kind of not good. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, not good. <sighs> not good. On a no, scale of one bad. to yeah, on a scale of one to ten, that's maybe eleven on the stupid side. That's like not yes. smart. So <laughs> I think that because I'm, I'm looking at the time and thinking that um, we should wrap this up by saying that why. Well, I, I, we're pretty much going to be doing a lot more um, specific topics on the paranormal. And, nice. I, and um, I sent out a couple of invitations to um, some authors to see if I can get them to join us on the show. Well, that'd be awesome. And definitely reach out to people and say, listen, if you have a book and if you have um, an experience in the paranormal and you've written about it. We would love to have you on the show and talk about what's going on because there's something, there's something about Dana Luke's post on paranormal huntings that really sort of reawoken something inside me and said, we should really sort of like delve into this and get and talk to people. How did you get interested in the paranormal? How, How did you get into this?
1: Kind of like the true crime one-on-one thing, only with the paranormal.
0: Only with the paranormal, because I really want to. I yeah. really want to revive the metaphysical connection aspect of okay. the Fedora Chronicles Network, and see where we can go with this. And I want to talk to a lot more authors and get to the yes. bottom of of what's going on. Because I wonder if maybe or not we we as a collective whole as a country have opened something. We, we've invited something in, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard to. Um, Get rid of it. I wonder if, could you perform an exorcism on an entire country? I'm asking for a friend.
1: (laughs) I'm going to say probably not. Just going to toss that out there as an unlikely thing. It's like, I don't know, putting a hex on the sun or the moon.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not smart. Okay. So reaching out to authors, if you are listening and you know of an author, who would like to come on the show and talk about their book and their personal paranormal experiences? You can definitely get in touch with us. And just as a reminder, our email address, the easiest way to get in touch with us is through our email address, FedoraCronicle at Gmail.com. That's Fedora Chronicles Leave Out The S for savings. Fedora Chronicle at gmail.com. And you can just search on Twitter, Facebook parlay it's written parlor but it's pronounced parlay minds and me just do a search for the Fedora chronicles and you can find us um because we really want to do a lot more of of this and research more topics and i really want to get in touch with the authors of this book especially the woman who wrote the book on um the werewolf in minnesota uh, oh, yeah. i want to get linda godfrey on the show And talk about and she has a new book out, or at least um, a year ago she had a, a book out. I know what I saw. Modern Day Encounters with Monsters of New Urban Legends and Ancient Lore. And American Monsters, a history of monsters, lords, legends, sightings in America. I would love to be able to get her on the show and and talk about
1: especially her because she was a reporter who had no interest in this sort of thing absolutely until she was exposed to it
0: um and she definitely and on top of that on top of everything else she um i'm definitely going to be listening to her book on on audible definitely get cranking on that today we want to have more paranormal authors and writers and reporters on the podcast do you have anything else jay
1: no not really i mean it's a lot it's a crazy interesting world that we live in and we're living in some interesting times and times like this, times of great flux and change are when some crazy shit can happen. so yeah
0: yeah at by all means absolutely. so and just keep the keep your fingers crossed for the country and um, and just stick together. And uh, let's, put, let's, 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 put the, let's put this garbage in the past, shall we? Thank you again for another yes. great show, Jay.
1: Thank you. Always fun. Congratulations on
0: surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, Fedora Chronicle at google.com are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air support the show by contributing to our Patreon page patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month you get early access to the podcast updates on what we're doing and for $5 a month you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash store slash fedora chronicles the theme songs for the show are royal flush and black cabaret by olive music all other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by premium beats from shutterstock copyright the fedora chronicles 2020 all rights reserved On behalf of my co-host, Jason and I, this is Eric Render king Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on.